Have your Bibles open. Let's uh, open them up to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to do the Bible reading, all right? So this is the Bible reading, okay? <laughs> Slash whatever. So yeah, this is the Bible reading technically. <laughs> but the title of today's message is, It's a Long Story. Tap someone nearby and say, It's a Long Story. It's a, yeah, everyone smiles when they say that. It's like weird. The pastor told me to do something. I better do it. But I think, you know, we come to these situations in life and you'll, you'll meet people this week. You probably met people last week. You probably met people at church tonight. You know, and we, we meet people straight away. I'm terrible with remembering names first up. All right. So like if I forget your name, but get it close, then you're doing really well. So um, Glenda, you're in the room. I was pretty good. I nearly got it before when I said Gwen, but it was pretty close. But um, look, meeting people and, and for the first time, now, I haven't done this with, I mean, I, I'm not usually like this, but when you meet someone for the first time, you, do you put labels on them? Like unconsciously in your, in your mind? Like, what is that on their nose, you know? Or why would you, why would you grow something like that on your top lip? Or are you wearing that to church? Or did that person really say that at church? Or, you know, and we kind of just, in our minds, I'm not sure what kind of conversations have been going on in, in your mind tonight at church. Um, but we can do that whether we mean it or not. You know, we meet people and we automatically stick a label on them based on what? What we see on the outside. Whatever they're dressed in. Thanks for being clothed, everyone. Because if you didn't come clothed tonight, you, you've already been labeled. Okay. <laughs> we welcome you, but please put something on. But... We label people based on what they look like on the outside or what they behave like on the outside. We like There's countless gossip groups on the internet, on the internets, um, you know, Facebook and whatever. Um, people slamming somebody because of what they did or what they wore at the Logies or what they said at something. And it's always what, 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 what. Not no one's asking the question, why? Like we look at someone and we go, what, what are they doing that for? What are they behaving like that for? Instead of saying, maybe why? Why is that person like that? You know the answer to that? It's a long story. It really is. You want to hear my story of, of like from how I met Jesus? It's a long story. And lots of things have been involved in that. Lots of situations I'm not proud of. Lots of people that have just stepped up and, and just been really kind. And, and I'm sure Julia could think of the same thing too. Like people that have just done things in her life have been pivotal people in her life. And there's probably some people here tonight. Uh, I know there probably was at her baptism today as well. But we should be asking, why is that person behaving like that? Why is that person wearing that? Why is that person speaking like that? Why is that person believing that religion? Why is that? Why, 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 why? When you're a baby, that's the first question you ask. Dad, why is the sky blue? Well, just, it is sun. Why does the sun come up? Well, because the earth's rotating. It's actually not the sun coming up. It's the earth rotating. The sun stays still. It's a stationary star. Well, why though, Dad? Why does the earth rotate? Anyone know why? God snapped his fingers. Yeah, God, Jesus, it's the typical answer but i think we should ask why more than what about people and maybe give people a break 
because it's a long story. Speaking of long stories, have a look in the mirror lately. That's a long story, isn't it? No offense. <laughs> I haven't been looking at anyone's mirrors this morning. But you have, and the person looking back has a story, has, has a history, has ups and downs, has achievements and disappointments. There are some things you'd be more than happy for me to put up on the screen. In fact, Kirsten, I've got a few things tonight. You don't mind? Some of your achievements. That's fine, isn't it? I can put them up. What about some of, what about some of your darkest moments? You want me to put them up on the screen? Nah, no one does. No one does. And, you know, me neither. Why not? Why would you? You know, that's not for church. Okay, but it's a long story. And here um, we see in, the, in, in Mark chapter 5, a long story. So I want you, you got it open, right? I've given you plenty of time to open it. All right. I've got the New Living Translation. Sorry, it's a bit different to yours probably, but it's really English for me. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. He's a tough guy. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. It would have been around his ankles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him. Everybody say, saw him. Saw him. Yeah. When the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirit begged Jesus again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. It's like getting baptized, isn't it, Julia? It's like 2,000 pigs going under the water. The herdsmen, sorry, verse 14, the herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. And those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away. 
and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. Wow, that's a story, isn't it? Isn't that a great story? I think that's a lovely story. Look, I think that'd be a fan. Look, if I was the guy, if I was the demon-possessed man, I would say that is the best story in the whole entire universe in all of history. Why? Because it involved me and me being set free. And so we can be really tempted into coming at this and going, that's a great story about that guy, but it's not me. But I wonder if it, we can relate to him a little bit. Not that you guys have beards and you're hairy and smelly and live in caves and might not wash yourselves. I don't, I don't want to judge. But I think we can learn some things about this because this guy has a story to tell. And it's, and it's a story to tell to 10 cities. Think about this. Jesus, right? This is the Ian version. Jesus crosses over to the other side. Verse 1. See it in your Bible? Verse 1 of chapter 5. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. Now, this region of the Gerasenes, it's not a Jewish region, okay? They are, they're, they're totally non-Jewish. Jesus has just come from the Jewish side of the lake and he's come over to this Gerasenes area where the Gerasenes live. All right, that's why it's called the, the Gerasenes because they're the people from there. And this man, this, this man who had at least 2,000 sp evil spirits in him was a Gerasene. He wasn't a Jew, and pretty much, pretty much nobody in that area was Jewish. Now, um, if I'm going to go preach somewhere, if I'm invited by a church somewhere, I'll go preach there. But I'm not going to go turn up at some place that's totally not Christian and start preaching. I don't think. It's, it's tough. I don't know. Like, you might go, yeah, I'll do that. But it's actually, that's, that's like, I wouldn't say enemy territory, because that's wrong, because our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the powers of this unseen world, uh, the unseen powers in the world not against people. But Jesus is going into a territory where no one wants to listen to anyone preaching about any Jewish things at all. And you know how he got there? On a boat. And you know what that boat went through before they got there? A huge storm. A massive storm. Jesus was asleep in the, in the boat. He said to his disciples, you can have a look at it actually, in verse, uh, the chapter before, chapter 4 and verse um, what is that, 34, 35? As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they all get in the boat, right? And they cross to the other side of the lake. But on the way there, Jesus falls asleep in the boat and a massive storm comes up and these guys are nearly going to die. And there's fishermen on board that are really great navigators and they're afraid. And so they go and wake up Jesus. And what do they say to Jesus? Don't you care? We're about to drown. Don't you care about us? We're about to drown. Jesus does what? Anyone know the story? All right, have a look. It's in the Bible. It says in verse 39, when Jesus woke up, 
He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Isn't that interesting that he speaks to wind and waves? Why is there a storm? I think, now look, I might be wrong in this, but I think it's a good assumption. I think this storm was actually instigated by evil. I think, I think that the devil and his demons want that territory called the Gerasenes. And they will do anything to keep it. They will do anything to keep people away from knowing that God loves them. The God is, the, yes, he's got the God of the Jews, but there'd be a light to the Gentiles. God, the devil will try and stop any kind of, any kind of progress in God's kingdom to anything, to anyone. And Jesus says to the disciples, let's cross to the other side. Now, I don't know if he means geographically at all. Actually, he might mean racially. Let's cross to the other side. Share the gospel with those people. Let's, let's go to the other side. Cross, the, uh, cross to the other side and share the gospel with these people. It might be racially. It might be maybe religion-based. Let's cross to the other side. And not that we're going to change our beliefs and our lordship of Je- the lordship of Jesus Christ, but let's, let's actually go into some uncomfortable territory and claim some territory for the kingdom of God. Now, you guys, most of you guys do that every week. In fact, the kids are going back to school again. I don't know how many kids here go to a non-Christian school. But even if you go to a Christian school, there are still some kids there that aren't Christians, right? And God wants you to actually share about what he's done in your life. Like this man was told by Jesus, he said, go and tell them what, what the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on your life. That's what God wants us all to do, to go and share our story. It's a long story, but there's one person who hates that, the devil. He hates that. He'll try everything to stop that. And so Jesus says to the disciples, let's go to the other side. And so they go through this storm and they still go to the other side. They get, they get to the verse, verse one of chapter five and it says, so they arrived at the other side. In Luke chapter eight, you see the same story of this. It says when Jesus stepped on the, when he stepped, when he stepped down on the ground. All of a sudden, as soon as he stepped down on the ground physically on that, on that dirt of that side, spiritually, all alarm bells were going off. He made it through the storm. What are we going to do now? We can't, we can't stop him from coming to claim this territory. We can't stop him from coming to save these people. So let's try and make a deal with him. See, these demons that are in this man, the poor guy, what happened to him? The question is, why? Why is this happening? The demons that are in this poor man, they don't really care about the man. They actually don't care. It's not like the devil wanted a hold of this man so the devil could move forward in life. All right? Look where the guy's living. In caves. In tombs. Look what he's doing to himself. Look how he's living. There's no one around him. He's living in a cemetery. Who lives in a cemetery? You go visit the place. You don't dwell there, right? No one, no one spends more than, you know, 24 hours in a cemetery. That's just creepy. But this guy's living there. Um, and now, let's just stop there. The demons, they don't really care about this guy at all. Why? How do we know that? Because Jesus, because they come to Jesus and the first thing they say to him is what? Yeah, don't send us away. Have you come? Have you come? <laughs> have you come to destroy us? Um, no, they say, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? 
in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. And they say, please don't send us into the abyss or the distant place. We don't want to go anywhere else. We want this territory. We don't care about the man. Put us in the pigs as long as we stay here. We just want to stay in this territory. And the devil will do that. If he can't, if he can't get you in one area of your life, guess what he's going to do? Just go to another area of your life or another relationship of your life. And he'll just try and do the same thing. He'll try and get you to dwell in dead places. You know, you're not supposed to live there, but he'll go, hey, bring that up. Bring that up from the past. Dwell on that. Dwell on that dead place. Yeah, do that. So here's this man. But I wonder if we can relate. I wonder if anyone can relate. This poor man. One thing I love about how Mark puts this. It says in verse 2, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man, a man possessed by an evil spirit. In your Bibles, even in the, um, you know, the electronic Bibles, do you have like a heading at the top of this chapter? And it, could you just call out some headings? What have you got? Jesus restores a demon-possessed man. Anything else? Jesus heals. Okay. No King James versions in the room. That's good. Demon-possessed man healed. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's focused on the demon. The demoniac. Some other versions might have a demoniac healed. It's, it's focusing on what the devil's doing. But when, when, when Jesus sets foot on this land, the Holy Spirit inspires Mark to write, and Luke, I believe, too, to write a man, a man possessed. He's just a man. Like, that's why I think we should ask why more when we meet people that are going through some stuff. Now, this guy, try and imagine it, this guy coming to, to, to greet Jesus and the disciples at the beach. He is a mess. He is screaming. He is not happy. There are no smiles on his faces. He is extremely upset. He's fearful. He's in a rage. He's got blood coming off him from cutting himself. He's probably extremely skinny. If you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, he's probably a little bit like Gollum with lots of hair and a beard. I don't know, but that's not a fun place to be. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. I know maybe like maybe if there's some nurses in the room, you've, you've probably seen somebody go into like some kind of psychotic episode and they just go nuts. They just go off the rails. And, it's, and, and how do you feel in that moment? Or if someone abuses you in the past, I know someone recently has told me a story about that. If someone abuses you, how do you feel? You don't feel like singing a song of joy and praising the Lord, do you? You're shaken up. You're, you're, you're almost driven towards fear. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do. The disciples are with Jesus. Remember this? They're, they're with Jesus. They've just gotten through the storm, which they were afraid in. And now they've gotten to the end of the, the storm. And they're like, oh, yes, we're on the beach. Awesome. And then the devil will try and get you to fear. Fear and fear and fear and fear. And he'll try and get you to fear the person that he really wants to reach. Jesus reached into this man's life, flipped it upside down. Cut a long story short. Let's go down to verse 19. 
after the event, right, this man gets healed. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. Sorry, 15. Did I say 15? A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. What was he doing? He was sitting, he was fully clothed, and then he was in his right mind. Now, anyone who's really been touched by Jesus will do those three things. You'll notice it. There's this man, right? Imagine him. He was just totally in, involved in darkness, con controlled by darkness. People had left him. His life was a big mess. Jesus touched him, turned everything upside down. What would you do? I would just, what else have you got to do? I'm here. For, uh, you, you're all I need. Say something. I want it. I need it. <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing without you. I know me without you. I want to be with you. And so he's sitting at Jesus' feet. I encourage you guys to continue doing that. I, I, I remember the first time I met Jesus. I couldn't get enough of this Bible. But, you know, life happens and sometimes you get distracted and you're like, eh, eh, eh. someone else can feed me. <laughs> we go to church. It's like a restaurant, isn't it? You pay your money, you get fed. It should be like a cooking class. We come and we learn how to read it ourselves. Sitting at Jesus' feet. That's what he's doing, listening. I just want to be with you, Jesus. He's just mesmerized by him. What else is he? He's totally clothed. Isn't that awesome? I wonder whose clothes he's wearing. I wonder if Jesus said, here, borrow this. Wouldn't that be great if you owned one of Jesus' clothes? Wouldn't it be great if you owned Jesus' cloak? Don't you think that'd be awesome? Well, if you're a believer tonight, you actually do. Because we've been clothed in his righteousness. We've been given his garment of righteousness. Covered us. Just like the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was working with the pigs and that. And then when he came to his bright mind, he, he ran back to his father. He said, I'm going to be a slave. I'm going to be one of the servants. And what does the father do? Covers him with a cloak. And then puts a ring on his finger. No mention of bathing him first. Let's just cover that with some righteousness. And that's what God's done with you and me in Christ. That's nothing we could do to deserve it. We just believed it. And he showered us with grace and we're clothed. So here's this man, physically clothed, but I think it's a really beautiful picture of the saving work of Jesus. He clothes us. He clothes us. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see what I see. He sees Jesus. Isn't that great? It's a good reminder tomorrow morning when you're getting ready for work, looking in the mirror. Oh, wow. What is that? <laughs> and that's without your glasses on. Yeah. Anyway, so you clothes. Awesome. And what's the, second, what's the third thing they notice? When they see this man, they see him sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and what? Perfectly sane. In his right mind, he's at peace. He's, he, we know, we can speak it over your life. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7. We have not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind or, or self-discipline, all right? Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When Jesus touches a person's life, they want more of him, they're clothed in his righteousness, and they're in their right mind. Well, there's possibility of more of that anyway. Let's say that. And then those who saw what had happened, 
Verse 16, they told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. Don't forget about that. That's a lot of bacon. That's wasted bacon right there, don't you think? That's some expensive stuff. This man is worth a lot of money. We, we don't want Jesus around here. And so they say, please leave us. Leave us alone. And so Jesus, what does he do? No way. I've come here to save some people's lives. He's, he's just the first. Look out. No, Jesus says, all right, I'll go. Why? Because Jesus was just after one man's story. One person's story. Massive storm. 2,000 odd demons. Just to reach one person. And we see this man, his story, it changes. He stops writing his own story, or the devil stops writing his story, and the pen drops. Then Jesus picks up the pen. And he continues to write the story. And he says, this man is going to be an evangelist. He's going to go to 10 cities and he's going to share about all that I've done for him and the mercy that God's had on him. And Jesus sends him out like a missionary to the Gentile nation. He was the only one qualified for that. Jesus could have gone into those, nation, into those cities all right, and done some stuff. But this man was qualified. The disciples, they've been with Jesus for a while. They've been trained. But this man was totally qualified. Now, I want to tell you tonight that you actually have a role to play in God's kingdom. And he has called you. He saved you. He's, he's saved you. He put his righteousness on you. And he has set you apart to be his child, his son, his daughter for a purpose. The devil's going to try to get you to forget about that and think, I'm not, used, I'm not, worth, I'm not worth anything. But Jesus crossed from one side to the other. And he, ca he came here and he was born in Bethlehem. He crossed cultures and he was born in Bethlehem to save you, 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 all of us. Because he has a story to tell and it involves each and every one of us. It involves our past, it involves our present, and he has the future in store. You don't know, you and I don't know the, the, the half of it, but the devil has a little bit of an idea. And that's why he tries to stop us from doing those sorts of things. I don't know if you guys have, I might finish up, but... Moses, the story of Moses in the Old Testament. He delivered God's people from Egypt, massive, right? Through a Red Sea to the promised land, well, nearly to the promised land. But what did the devil try and do to Moses when he was just a baby? Tried to kill him. He has some idea. So I want you to think about those past things, that heartache, that hurt, the, the, almost the demonic backgrounds that some people might have. That's actually... Just the devil trying to play his, his best card. But when Jesus touches your life, he's lost. And Jesus is the most powerful. And he's got a story to tell. It's a long story, but he's, he, he thinks you're worth it. I want to encourage you tonight. That's, that's the message tonight. But if, if, you, if you actually are here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you'd like some prayer, then I want to encourage you to stay back and, and talk with me um, uh, or Sonia and we'll be here all night, all right, because we just want to help everyone out follow Jesus. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for your goodness, your love, your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for stepping into our life. We thank you for the freedom that you bring. Thank you for the peace that you bring. Thank you, Lord, for um, holding our future. Thank you, Lord, for dealing with our past. And thank you, Lord, for being in our present. We praise you in Jesus' name.